holiday shopping. Holiday shopping blue balls. Holiday shopping blue balls. Yeah. Take one. <laughs> To another episode of the Hoodat Jedi podcast. Uh, with you as always, my name is Aaron, and I'm always joined with Dave and Fredo. Thank goodness. How you doing, guys? Doing all right. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's um, what we're in December now. December. I can't believe it. Um, so, okay. So, uh, Dave, you are originally from the Midwest, mm-hmm. so, as am I. Fredo, mm-hmm. um, you're about as far away from the Midwest Latin originally. America. Okay. Um, so I guess let's, let's go from two different perspectives then. Um, uh, do, do you have a hard time getting into the Christmas spirit with it being, it's going to be like 70 some degrees tomorrow. And, you know, it's, um, so first of all, I mean, Fredo, you didn't grow up with snow. Um, you know, Dave and I did, and I was, Brittany and I were talking about it. It's like, you know, it's like when it would start to snow in November and you'd get probably first good snow in December, it would really start getting you in that Christmas mood. And I, I mean, I think since moving here, it, it's almost like, oh, it's Christmas. You know, I don't know what it, what it, it, and Fredo, have you ever had issues with, you know, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and you're like, what? I don't know. So, all right, Dave, are you drinking eggnog? Holiday spirit. So that, oh, yeah. that that's how you get into the, the holiday spirit. So one of you take, I mean, or do you have issues getting into the holiday spirit? Not, not with my uh, beverage of choice. Yeah, no. Um, you know, it's a little bit when I was, I'd say when I was younger, I, I think it's, it's harder for expats when you're away from it. And then it's like, for a while, it is a hard adjustment, um, but I can I can remember so many Christmases that were sort of moderate to warm. Um, mostly when I was older, I'm not going to say anything about global warming, but uh, global warming. Um, <clears throat> I think, um, but yeah, there were a lot of Christmases that were that were warm anyway. Um, and to borrow your phrase, Aaron, maybe that would take me out of it sometimes. Um, but I, I don't know. You get older, and it becomes less and less of I, an important I, now, thing. I think I will. I will say that the day that I gave away my snowblower was the second happiest day of my life. So, <clears throat> I mean, I have no problem with it being going to be like I said, seventy to 80, 80 degrees this week. No problem whatsoever. But it, it does kind of like you know, I don't know. Are you are you in Christmas, uh, Fredo? What about you growing up? Because where you grew up wasn't. Yeah. Well, never know, never snow. I mean, the the coldest we got is probably what we're getting right about now. Just maybe a few mornings you get into the low 60s. That's about it. I mean, okay, maybe if you went up in the mountainous areas, uh, you could get colder, but you never get snow. I mean, it's tropical country. But Christmas, I was like, it was more a question of the calendar. It was less having to do with the weather. Uh, so you get to about this point and you start feeling like Christmas. Plus, School year uh, in Nicaragua when I went there went from March through December, as opposed to August to May. 
So that meant that we're about to hit the break or the end of year term. So you'd go on, you know, Christmas vacation would lean into vacation being out December, January, February. So you go boom, go back to March. So you'd be looking forward to it big time. It's like imagine Christmas and end of year all in once. All right on. And then moving here, yeah, no, I mean, we all still got in our minds the memory of Christmas was at 89 or 91 when we had like an eighth of an inch of ice. And everybody said, oh my gosh, it's snow. It snowed in New Orleans. It's like, no, we never, we've never gotten snow down here. If, I think if, if we ever get snow in New Orleans, people will think the end of the world is happening. My my sister said, she said before we moved, well, when she lived down here, she said, yeah, if it ever snowed, said I was just going to get a six pack of beer and sit on my porch and watch people try to drive because she lived on clear, she lived on Clearview uh, in Metairie. Well, but it's like, okay, just tell your sister, just tell your sister, because I was driving. The stoplight at Clearview and West Napoleon, right where that Danny and Clyde's is, that was out today. Traffic on Clearview was backed all the way to Vets. Oh, Lord. It was a nightmare. But it, so, so that she'll go like, oh, my God. With, with, all, with all due respect and love to my New Orleans brethren, um, y'all freak out when it's raining. Um, I don't even want to be near a road when there's snow. Um, there's two extremes. It's, it's either... They act like there's no slickness at all, and they're they're still going like 80 miles an hour through residential areas, or they put on like their hazard lights and they're going 10 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, we don't have to go that far in either direction. They seem to think four by four means that you know they can go at any speed through any surface in any weather, and you got to remind them. Well, if the tire and the road are no longer touching. Don't matter what you got in that engine, big boy. You, you, you know, you're, you know, no, Sir Isaac Newton's now in command. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, that's just, uh, it is kind of weird. It's been weird to get into the, the holiday spirit um, with, uh, like I said, with the weather being the polar opposite of what I grew up with. But that being said, I'm not opposed to it. Um, all right, well, let's do a, let's do a little bit of trivia. Uh, by the way, before we get into trivia tonight, what we're going to be doing is going to be kind of sticking into that holiday spirit because we're all getting a belated Christmas present with the Book of Boba Fett. So we're going to do kind of one last, um, I don't know, uh, therapy session, I suppose, on what's to come. Um, but then uh, it, basically talking about our hopes and fears for the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I know we're always talking about leveling our expectations so i think we need to purge some of this stuff so we can get our expectations leveled uh, but then we're going to talk about uh star wars holiday gift ideas um and uh yeah so we're just gonna kind of ramble about uh what uh what uh, what gifts merchandising. go over well you know you know, merchandising. Merchandising. um you know for and if you if you really want to break the bank or if you don't want to spend a lot so um, we'll give you some ideas that way. But on to trivia. And I'm, as I'm holding my card out, I'm going to the eye doctor tomorrow for my yearly exam. So, yeah. um, All right. So, Fredo, you're first. Okay. What senator confesses that he and his wife, quote, have always talked about adopting a baby girl? Softball. Very softball. Uh, it's Senator Bail Organa from Alderaan. Oh, wow. You just have, you're, you're that kid on the test that gives all the stuff that the teacher didn't ask for. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you gotta be specific because it would have been Bail Antilles from Alderaan. 
That's true. That's true. All right. So, all right. Dave, what species are the porcine guards who patrol Jabba's ba- uh, palace carrying crude vibro axes? They're uh, Gamorians, right? There are Gamorian guards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Porcine. Uh, <laughs> it was like, I, my eyes went all goofy there. All right. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to stick uh, with the same category for me. Who shouts Chuba when his meal is interrupted by Jar Jar Binks? Ah, that's a Doug. That would, that Doug would be Sebulba. Yep. So there we go. A little phantom menace there. So you guys got very dangerous, Doug. That's right. That's right. Um, so cool. All right. Um, by the way, so before we get into uh, the book of Boba Fett, I have to tell you, we're a little bit of movie nerd. I was watching uh, The Dark Knight Rises. It was on as I was eating dinner. Uh, Britt was had open house, so she wasn't here. But um, you guys realize that The Dark Knight Rises is basically the plot for Police Academy 2? <laughs> it hadn't dawned on me, but now... I, I haven't watched Police Academy 2, so you're going to have to... Ref- I mean, I've watched it, but it's been probably 30 it's, years. It's, so when, all, have it's when all the gangs take over the, the gangs take over the city and the cops okay. are like, you know, the underdogs. Yeah. I'm watching this. I'm just like going, I've ruined this now for you, Fredo, haven't I? It's, it's yeah, yeah, you have. Oh, my gosh. Now I got a picture of Bobcat Goldwaith as Batman. Yeah, and Dr. Johnny Fever was the uh, commissioner, you know, or the captain. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's a Dark Knight Rises is basically Police Academy too. Um, so and then and then Britt shows up at the end of the movie, and the interesting thing, and she's a really good point. I they set that up for a great handoff to you know um, what's his name? Uh, what's first uh, something Gordon Levitt. Yeah, Joseph Gordon. Joseph Gordon Logan. Yeah. They yeah. they set it up for him to be yeah. the next, you know, version of that and you know, left some doors open for some cool storylines and then yeah. we're we're just gonna reboot it. Yep. So felt like a bit of a missed opportunity. Well, I mean, it might be something that in another decade or so they might go back and read. Well, yeah, you problem. can't rule that stuff out now. You know, we're gonna get mm-hmm. Michael Keaton back. So true. And Joseph Gordon Lovett's not that old. So I mean if he wants to hold on, if he wants to come back at some point and play the because I think they set him up to be Robin or Nightwing. Yeah. Oh wait, no, is that correct that he's 40? Wow. Okay, so he's still young. So if you know give him another few years, new Batman movie doesn't take off, they could always go, hey, we got a backup Batman on standby. And as long I'm as long as us. one of his lines is not, I told him not to park on that beach. That's not a that's not a parking spot. He was the voice for that dude in the Last Jedi. So yeah. Anyway, all right. yeah, because he did a couple of movies with uh, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I just yeah, wish, so he so. wish he would have picked a different voice. Anyway, let's let's get off of that one. Um, Cool. All right. So Book of Boba Fett. Um, let's start off with, uh, before we get into our hopes and fears, uh, there's a couple little bits in uh, uh, on the interwebs that is of interest. So let's, uh, let's take the first one. What do we got? 
Okay, so first thing, uh, last year, last last month, Empire did a big magazine spread. They also did a spotlight for Book of Boba Fett on SFX magazine, where they start talking about some of the characters and then viewing everybody, and they're doing this kind of big presentation. So uh, first things first, uh, they ask uh, uh, Ming-Na Wen, who's playing Fennec Shen, about what the show's gonna be, and okay. So she goes, in the book of Boba Fett, a lot of exploration of the dynamics between Boba Fett, Fennec Shen, how they complement one another, and what they get out of that relationship. He's someone she respects, and they have defined, definitely bonded with him, saving her. It allowed her to realize that she might be better off not being solo anymore. She sees her alliance with Boba Fett as a very smart move in the sense that she'll have somebody watching her back. And even though it might be extra baggage, she'll have to align herself with somebody else the reward for her at the moment is greater. And you know, Boba died, or we thought we did in the Sarlacc pit. So I think that both of them share those near-death experiences in common, and they will both have a vulnerability that they understand. So first things first is she's kind of coming at it from the standpoint of, remember, it was Fennec was left for dead at the end of episode five of uh, The Mandalorian season one, and Boba saved her. Yeah, and I'm going to pause you right and, there because that he... He had to have been keeping an eye on her already, um, it, because and Fredo's taking a picture of us right now. I don't know why, uh, but they, they uh, he I had to have been taking keeping an eye on her already, because you just uh, that's a literal needle in a haystack to find this person, mm-hmm. you know, left for dead in the middle of Tatooine. Um, so, well, and I, I, I don't want to, I, I won't give um, away one of my, I won't give away one of my hopes. And I think there's a reason for that. that that's kind of hinting to one of my hopes, but. Well, and then one of the things I was just going to mention is we know we've seen Fennec's beginning in her career in match. And if she's, she was capable enough to go against toe to toe against Cat Bane back then, clearly she's gained some sort of reputation leading to Boba Fett knowing who she is. So. Uh, in the article, they do point out that there's been an official rebranding of Boba Fett's ship. So, you see, the Slave One. You've, you've seen a robot mm-hmm. chicken where Lando says, hey, Boba, like the ship. Not a fan of the name, though. <laughs> it's like, well, well yeah. and, and that's why, and that may be why we have not seen any... Right. Um, any merchandise or any promotion of the ship like you know the racer crest from mandalorian was lego said was here was there not seeing that anymore because i don't know but anyway slave one is gone say hello to fire spray that is the official uh name for boba's ship that's breaking news i didn't read that article that wow they they actually changed the name then yeah, and I, I meant that's why you haven't seen any any toys or any figures of the ship, but I imagine you will see it now that Book of Boba Fett's coming. And I imagine they would okay, they might drop that bit of information quickly on in the into the show. Fire spray sounds like a '80s hair band. It's like they opened for Lover Boy <laughs> yes. or something. I don't know. Fire spray. <laughs> Well, we know what our band name is uh, going to be now, guys. <laughs> Give it up for fire I'm just spray. 
Uh, I you know um, I want I want to be I want to okay now I want to go in the okay. I want to get in the DeLorean and go back to that meeting when they decided what the new name for Boba Fett ship was going to be <laughs> and I want to see the entire whiteboard with all the options and how what were the ones that didn't make the cut that fire spray was the one that was yeah I think we'll go with that one. It just makes me think of like the Aquanet, the hairspray, you know, you know, they spray that and you light it on fire. Boof! Fire spray! Uh, For anybody under the age of 35, go ask your parents and their older siblings and uh, ask them about the dangerous fire hazard that was living through the 1980s. Uh, Early 90s, because Aquanet was a danger. You know, combine it could that also, and smoking. Uh, it, it could be a good name for a monster truck. You know, fire spray. Um, I think like it the calls some. It's it sounds more like a wet fart. <laughs> um, I'm not going to speculate on what you've been eating. Yeah, well, let's not speculate on what I've been eating. Yeah, you know, that's probably be a good thing. Um, so, um, all right. So Ming-Na Wen, um, and it's also, it's, he almost made it sound like, um, they're a, a, also a thing. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That was, that was interesting well, the way you, the way that was all worded, but I'm, I mean. Yeah. She's trying to be, uh, selective in her wording, which is standard operating procedure for any Lucasfilm project. But it's interesting that, yeah, she's trying to draw a comparison on two loner characters that are now coming together. The other interesting part of it, if you remember in the, like one of the last episodes, um, it's when, it was when Boba Fett actually said, no, we're going to hang with you until we get the kid back. And they cut to Fennec Shand and she gives this look like, Oh God, you know, it's just like, (laughs) really? Um, So I wonder if, I mean, are we going to get a little bit of a, and this might get into the hopes and fears stuff, but we, but you know, could there be, a, I'm not going to say abusive, but not healthy relationship there. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. Could be. I mean, it might be something, yeah, it might be something where uh, Boba has a certain level of control over Fennec's you know, motives, or not motives, but actions. By which, by means of, hey, you decide to walk away, leave me behind, you don't get X, and X is what keeps you alive, kind of. Because you know? she showed, remember that episode where we meet back on the planet where um, uh, where Grogu gets kidnapped? She shows him his little abdomen where he, she got shot dead by that sniper rifle, or sniper, and uh, shows him that uh, he did something to her to help stabilize her and keep her alive now. Yeah. Usually it comes yeah. to the price. It can, yeah, and um, you wonder if there's, there was, and uh, we're we're sort of hinting at it, a bit of an addiction pot- potential there too. It's like there's something that he's some substance potentially that he's giving to her. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of possibilities. So we'll we'll, so, we'll 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 table we'll table these to, for our speculative conversation here in a little bit because we're starting to get uh, into that yeah. dangerous territory, but. Um, all right. So, uh, so yeah, let me let me finish from her quotes and then I'll go into some of the other stuff that the articles kind of pull in from Tomorrow Morrison. So uh, Mingna one continues. He goes, 
it's going to be really interesting to see how their dynamics grow in the Book of Boba Fett. I think that's all I can say. The rest you have to watch. Not that they're the bad guys, but they're not that good either. And she says, we're the anti-hero. I like playing an anti-hero. You get away with more, I think. This could really end up being kind of a Star Wars Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. <laughs> Which would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. Um, so I guess, I mean, so those are kind of the two new f- fire spray. And <laughs> actually, it sounds like a deodorant. Fire spray! It sounds, like a, it sounds like a deodorant that's marketed towards seventh graders. <laughs> which would probably also cover up wet fart smells. Um, but, um, all right. So we are less, than, we are less than a month from so, the book of Boba Fett. Um, uh, let's, let's talk about our hopes and fears. Um, you know, it's because this is one of those shows that I, it, I, it, it's, you're, you're, I mean, it, it, it's a delicate, it's a delicate thing that they're balancing here. Cause they could, either make Boba Fett, you know, even more awesome than, you know, meet all of our wildest imaginative, you know, imagination, you know, dreams, everything, or just make him boring as all hell or just meh, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm a little bit more, um, have a little bit more trepidation going into this than I did the Mandalorian. I don't know. Um, but I will say I'll start off with a hope, um, okay. and that I I hope mm-hmm. that um, there is an Omega connection, and that that she plays into the storyline. Um, I think it makes sense because why else would you have Fennec Shan be in be so connected to her in Bad Batch? Um, that just seems like a natural connection there, and I think that would then open up the Boba Fett character and give you more avenues to go down. If he's having to interact and deal with his sister, you know? Um, so that, that's one of my hopes. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Would you be down for a live action Omega? Yeah, very much so. Um, there's a lot of potential within that. Um, I like her character a great deal. Uh, there's an obvious connection between the two. Um, it's um, it's it's certainly within the realm of possibility, and so I would welcome that kind of connection. I don't know if we'll get that. Um, I'd probably lay odds against it if you asked me to put money on it. Why do you, why do you think but, that? Because this is a very, that would be a very Marvel thing to do. We've talked about that, you know, Star mm-hmm. Wars getting into the Marvel business of, you know, story development. It would be a very Marvel thing to do. Um, why, why do you, why do you think that they wouldn't go down that route? I get a sense from Lucasfilm in general that they don't like painting themselves into a corner. So if they can leave something kind of open-ended, they will. Um, and so since that series hasn't completed yet and I'm, they may have season two mapped out, they may have season three mapped out. I have, I don't know how far in advance Filoni and company have this thing like mapped, but um, he may not be decided on Omega's ultimate outcome for that series or um, whether she might die, whether, 
you know, any no other number of things might occur that would preclude her from participating in this show. So um, I think like that, I always err on the side of them like doing that. And, and in, in, instead of connecting things, they tend to leave things kind of open-ended. Yeah, I think usually unless there is a specific need to answer a question, they tend not to. But at the same time, there is already an established connection between Omega being a clone, the Bad Batch, Fennec Shand. So there's some, you know, they're, they're tangentially connected in some ways and directly connected to Boba Fett. So not even mentioning it would be weird. Well, and so not to, so again, uh, listening to the Star Wars Underworld podcast and Dominic Jones made a very good point, said one of the things that everybody really dug about Boba Fett was that he was so mysterious. He said, mm -hmm. well, if you're going to mm -hmm. have it, and I'm like I said, I'm basically reading verbatim from their podcast. So uh, you guys all need to listen to that podcast. They're great guys um, and they put on a good show. Um, but you made a very good point that you can't call something the book of Boba Fett and then not explore you know, and leave him a man of mystery. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, and that, that so sort of ties it? into, that ties into my big one, which is I want to learn more about him. Um, and, and specifically his history and where he comes from and where was he between, um, um, attack of the clones and, um, now new hope. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like that period of his life, we don't know a lot about that. Uh, we don't know how he got out of the Sarlacc pit still. Um, so there's a lot there. And um, I want to learn more. And, and so like that would be my hope. Um, my big hope is is getting a lot more of that sort of juicy background. What, what specifically would you be looking for? If you if you had what I mean, what what type of storyline? I mean, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, as long as it. My biggest thing is like we talked with Alex Rawls about Christmas music, right? And 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 covers and 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 how he's he's looking for excellent craftsmanship, or he's looking for something new and weird. Um, and that's that's like a hundred percent. He nailed what I'm looking for in Star Wars, which is you know exceptional craftsmanship or something kind of weird and so uh, that we haven't seen before so like those would be either or and i'd be happy well just to kind of tell you off of that uh in the same article that uh, tamora morrison says quote there will definitely be a number of answers some long-winded some short and sharp some colorful we're filling a lot of gaps end quote so they know full well that there's this expectation that fans have that you're going to get to know at least some of the answers, some of the, you know, there's been a lot of questions over this character since uh, 1983 and people want to hear what happened or, you know, some of this stuff, especially after the prequel. So we might get a lot of those answers that you want, or at least some of them, Dave. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, before I let Fredo give a hope, because you, what you just mentioned actually is one of my fears when you said, some long-winded <laughs> if we've only got what mm -hmm. six episodes mm -hmm. i think it's the same i think it's the same number as hawkeye isn't it um it is i then i don't 
I don't want a long walk through Tatooine. You know what I mean? I mean, that, that, that it's if we only got six episodes and let's let's get to it. You know, if there are other ways, because, you know, you could actually. OK, so where was Boba Fett between, um, you know, Attack of the Clones and um, and and the New Hope? A lot of that could be told in the animated series, The Bad Batch, you know, in the second season. They could actually get into that because um, they've already mentioned him in that series. But my hope is I, I don't want I don't want to say the word filler episodes, but I don't if it's only going to be six episodes, then let's not, you know, dilly dally. That's one of my fears is that we're going to get, like I said, sitting around a campfire and telling old stories or something that, you know, doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, Fredo, what's a, what's, what's your hope? What's a hope of yours for the book of Boba Fett? Uh, I think my biggest hope is if we know, given the characters, given the world that we're exploring, given, you know, the people, I hope that it, it almost becomes kind of like the Godfather you know, of Star Wars, by which I mean that we actually delve into the underworld, delve into the city characters. Um, a lot of the a lot of the other shows, whether it's Bad Batch or Rebels or even the movies, they've or even the Mandalorian, they've skimmed along the surface, along the side of, hey, this is the bad characters you run into. Ming the White, they're the best antiheroes. They're both uh, characters who are on gray on the morality scales so you want to be able to see um them kind of expressing themselves in different manners and different ways i don't want this to solve so and end up being like oh we got to make them a kind of sort of good guy because otherwise people are not going to like it but uh you know it's the kind of thing where i'm like actually lean into the fact that this is the mafia this is the mob on the world that you know that there's gangs that boba fett's going up against because he's you know, getting payback for all the wrongs done to him, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, go end of Godfather Part One. A lot of people are speculating that this is going to be the Star Wars Underworld um, show that never was. Not you know that the the test footage you know leaked online, whatever, like a year or so ago. Um, I mean, could very well be. Could very well be. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be that. That I mean, that would be really cool. Um, yeah, because again, and, and again, particularly be, the difficulty is normally within the Star Wars gumbo, to put it in uh, no, no Louisiana terms. Uh, the Jedi, the Force element, tends to be kind of like the chicken or the Dewey sausage, and the uh, shady um, uh, smuggler, bounty hunter, underworld element tends to be more the, uh, you know, the green onions to put it that way you know it tends to be flavor tends to be on the side there's the opportunity to kind of give us more of to make that more the main element in this too to make it more present to make to make it more relevant to the story in a way that even something like the mandalorian hasn't had never been so, because from first episode the moment grogu turned up we're like hey force so your your hope there about this being the godfather and getting into that underworld whole mm -hmm. that whole idea that leads into another one of my hopes is that i hope at least if if at anything the very last episode or i hope that it's introduced and they've kept a big secret and i hope we see um amelia clark as kira since she is running um crimson dawn 
And, you know, she stole, we've mentioned it before, you know, in the comic series, spoiler alert, she stole the frozen Han Solo from Boba Fett. So they have a rivalry set up already. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that we get Kira. And um, this might be your quote unquote make Solo 2 happen first moment of that if you get um, her to, because. Again, it, you could have competing. You're going to have competing crime families. Well, that could be one right there, and that could be. They kept Mark Hamill a secret. They kept Grogu a secret. Could very well be that you know it's probably a little bit easier to keep Amelia Clark under wraps than Mark Hamill. You know, so I don't know. What would you get? What would you guys think of that? What do you think the over under is on that one? Um. I'm a little less, um, probably, probably less likely than more likely. So, thirty percent, something like that. I could, I could see it. I could see where she turns up. Now, what would be interesting is, Kira, and you know, at this point, would be uh, already like spent like ten, fifteen years or thereabouts. On wait, hold on. How long? Solo takes place how many years before New Hope? Remind me of that, please. Mm, what was it about? Is it like six years or is it less than a decade? About no, 10. More than a decade. Well, like 10 to 15 eight to 10. something like that. Right. Oh. Yeah, it was like 8 to 12 maybe. Okay. I mean, because Han in Solo well, is young, but he's not that, that old. Let's, let's make, not much let's older make than... Easier. Let's make it easier on yourself, Fredo. Return of the Jedi, how old is Han mm-hmm. Solo? He's probably what? That's true. That's true. Like, what, he's probably like early thirties. Thirty, thirty-two. Thirty-five. Yeah, exactly. So early thirties. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, so, I mean, no. so she's. Oh, because You know, I mean, it. So then we're definitely within about, uh, acting age. Yeah, we're talking about seven years after that one. I mean, makeup, you know, but um, so. Yeah, exactly, and she's not. She's not. She's she's the right. Age. I guess that was my point. Is I I don't expect to turn out all of a sudden have the makeup making her look like she's in her late sixties. No. <laughs> or no, no, no. needing to recast it with like Helen Mirren or something like that, you know. So she totally could appear. It's not something that's without the outside the realm of possibility. It would create an interesting dynamic. We don't know what happened to her criminal organization after Maul passes away. I mean, or put it this way, we don't know what happens to her at after the end of Solo. We know that she's involved with Crimson Dawn. Um, uh, well, and there's after. Be- there's got to be the an antagonist. Hunters. There's got to be an antagonist of some sort in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's like otherwise, if it's just him, you know, holding, you know, mafia meetings every week, then it's like, you know, and and kind of random side quests here and there. I don't think you gain anything. Um, and again, I, I've said for a long time, I think Star Wars is trying to get into, like I said, the Marvel way of doing things. And why would they lay that story in a comic book of Kira, you know, stealing mm-hmm. Han Solo from Boba Fett. You could have had Kira running Crimson Dawn and have, you know, that show up. But to link those two together when you know you got the book of Boba Fett coming up. I mean, it's I feel like the guy drawing lines on the whiteboard, you know, but I mean, it's not a far it's it's not a stretch. It's not like I'm saying that, well, you know, um, yeah, it's not like I'm making something totally wild up. But. No, and to your hope, Aaron, I think one of the things that bringing 
Kira allows you is to bring that spirit or that idea of Han Solo into the story without bringing Han Solo. Because remember, who put Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit? Han Solo. So the idea that maybe he's got a grudge to bear against the guy who, you know, by accidentally you know, shot him off into the, into the mouth of a monster and that Kira might be the reason why he doesn't get to go up, up against Han Solo would would track and would explain why he you know they don't bump into one another because I don't expect I mean okay put it this way do you think Alden Ehrenreich might turn up here okay so no that's, but that's I, a, I think you're anyway. you guys have been dancing around this and I think like this is the big question right it's not for me mm-hmm. a hope or a fear um but mm-hmm. I think it's likely that you might see a de-aged Harrison Ford in this um because we saw it already with luke uh and in in season one we got you know a version of yoda you know that was just like you know the jaw-dropping reveal and then season two luke skywalker jaw-dropping reveal and so i'm thinking like that's a bit of a pattern at this point and like who would get people who would turn people's crank more than han solo in this context you know like those two have a history um and so now pair that with uh, getting amelia clark and then all the nerds go nuts <laughs> yeah yeah well, that's, that's what i mean yeah you could have she might be the the, the, the bridge too or the specter off and again because it's as they've said is that we're the dancing around the obvious dynamic that if boba fett's gonna go on this fun field tour of revenge one of the people who's going to want to go after is Han Solo, General Han Solo, hero of the, rebe- of the rebellion. And that, you know, he might not be, you know, depending on where the galaxy's at right at this point, the person who stopped Boba Fett might not be Leia or the Republic, Republic. it might be Kara. Well, and here's the, here's the deal is that um, all of these shows, the way I'm looking at them, again, we've, when I talked about the Bad Batch, um, the that show is not about those five characters the Mm -hmm. the story is about something bigger Mm -hmm. and they are just the you know they're the vessels that we're seeing this story through um a lot of people Mm -hmm. have been talking and feloni had talked about a you know a rebels sequel well guess what folks the ahsoka show is going to be your rebel sequel that's that's the way that's shaping up so why do you have a book of Boba Fett show if not to tell the story that you set up or to, to tie up some loose end somehow that was set up in solo and, and you've got Kira, you've, you've got, like I said, you got Amelia Clark. If you could do a de-aged, you know, Harrison Ford, imagine just a brief, you know, five minute, you know, interaction between the two of them, like, you know, I don't know, maybe she's dying or he's just like, nope, sorry, I got this other chicky over here. So, you know, off I go. But to have that, again, why else do you have, I don't think you have the book of Boba Fett so you can talk about crime families. I mean, it's just, there's got to be some other, we're using it as a vessel to tell some other story. That seems to what they're doing. I don't know. My, my biggest thing with this and. It's kind of the hope slash fear thing. If we're circling back to that, would be the 
connection to the Mandalorian series itself. Um, I, I, I'd like there to be a very clear um, sort of reconnection at the end of this back to the Mandalorian. Because I think what we what I want as a viewer is I want to get hype again for the Mandalorian. I want to circle back to that character and, and the characters and and Din's story. And so the best way to do that is to get us, you know, into teaser mode by the end of this series. Um, and and so there's a way probably that you could do th- that um, that flows out of the story and makes sense i also feel like it'd be easy to make that feel really forced and bad um so i have a lot of trepidation about that particular idea but i think it's important i think like that's what they need to do at some point and is like all right you this is the again to your point about the marvel stuff right the the idea is we've told you this this story but by the end of it, we've teased you with the next story. Yeah, we've held your hand into the through the next door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so like I think that's I I'd lay odds that we're gonna get that. I'm just hoping that it's really that it's done well, that it's done smartly, and that it fits uh, both characters' stories. I I'd love to see the two of them team up again. Um, I think there's a lot of um, cool interplay that you can get from that. I, I like watching them sort of bounce off of each other and figure out that they each had a lot in common. Um, and I think like there's a certain kinship there. Well, no. And then actually to piggyback over that, that's one of my hopes for this shit for, for the book of Boba Fett. I want to see more Mandalorians. I want to see more. Cause we got that little bit in the bar uh, from uh, the night owls from Bo-Katan and, and her gal on how they view Boba Fett. But I want to see how other Mandalorians, even say some of those of the covert, like uh, Din, the Din was apparel, how they relate or how they react to Boba Fett. Because they're right. He, he's got one of the most recognizable, famous faces in all the galaxy. So how do they react to him? And how do they, what do they think of him? Do they think of him just like no better than a machine, like a droid? Or do they think of him like an actual true Mandalorian? Um, uh, and how, and I do wonder, and I do hope that we do get to hear, maybe not in the foreground, maybe just in the background, mentions of what's happening with Din Djarin. Maybe I think it'd be a cool little Easter egg to throw to people like, hey, more and more Mandalorians are returning here, or we're seeing pockets of them turning up there, or maybe if he encounters a few more Mandalorians, says we're we've received a call, we get, we're being summoned back to Mandalore to answer the call of the one who holds the dark saber. Again, that just teasing us out, showing us, hey, there's th- that because even though we're in this world, the other side that we're from the Mandalorian is not on hold. So I've got uh, I've got two fears. One's kind of a tongue-in-cheek one. Um, in the trailers, you know, you see him talking to an Athorian, you know, the Hammerhead, mm-hmm. and is this is very much similar to when we everybody first saw Finn and everybody assumed it was Lando's son because, you know, of course all the black people have to be related to each other in star Wars, you know, um, people are saying because they see this, it's like, that's doc Ondar. 
from Galaxy's Edge. And there's a part of me that it's kind of like, that's a little bit of a fear. I, even though as excited as I am to go to Galaxy's Edge, I kind of dread the day that that Batu or some connection to that land shows up in a Disney show. And I know it's going to happen and maybe this is the way to do it. But um, I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think the chances are? Because he dealt in, you know, kind of, black market antiquities and stuff like that. Could it, could it be Doc Ondar? Um, like Batu is like, like way far away from tattooing. Well, that's where, that's where he is now, but I'm just saying, I mean, but I'm just saying Mm -hmm. it's, uh, could that character be, and what would you think? What would you think if it was? I guess I wouldn't rule it out, but I also feel like it would feel a little forced, um, like to kind of like agree with you on that. I, I'm not sure that that would be the time or the place for that, but um, I wouldn't rule it out as a thing either because like um, a couple of the novels have been set there. Um, So it it has already entered into the canon um, and we've seen it there. And so um, I think we will see more with Batu um, and, and we'll probably see it on screen at some point. Um, I think that's a good prediction, but I'm not overly worried about this here. So my other fear, yeah. my other fear, and then I'll let Fredo talk about both of them. But my other fear is that getting to the article where Tamara Morrison was saying that they're going to be, you know, explaining a lot of things. I hope this doesn't become like in Solo where it's like, and here's how Boba Fett got his dent in his helmet. And this is how Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc pit. And this is why Boba Fett's jetpack was all crapped out when, you know, it's like, like I said, here's how Han got his gun. Here's how Han got the Millennium Falcon. Here's how Han met Chewie. It was like all those things had to be dialed in. It was a fun movie, but it's like they had a, they had a checklist. And so I hope that this show doesn't to like your very first point dave you know give us something original let's not just have a checklist of you know tell us all the things that we've been asking about boba fett you know when star wars is at its best it's answering the questions that you have by creating new ones and i've always felt that like when i when i come away from a movie or even a television show or whatever and i'm like wow, I got a million questions about this and I'm I'm curious about this and X and Y and Z and like, where is all this going to go? And then I watch the next chapter and then I have an, a million new questions and I got, maybe I got, a, I got like, I don't know, five to 10 of my questions answered from the first time around, but now I've got a million more. Um, and so like, I feel like Star right. Wars does that better than pretty much any other property out there. Like they just they have a way of just sort of inspiring your mind into these flights of fancy and all these questions and and wonderment. And um, I don't want them to lose that at the expense of the big reveal or the tease for the next chapter, you know, like the Marvel thing. Um, It's like, no, we don't need all that. You know, what I need is for you to show me some stuff that just really sort of like makes me go back into the sandbox with you know the kenner figures where i'm like oh my gosh i want to know how this all plays out i really want to know and um what's this bad guy's backstory like what's he all about where's this gonna go and they never answer everything um 
but if they can if they can inspire that level of interest then then they're doing something right um and and to circle back to the mandalorians that's one of the things from the mandalorian the series that they nailed um and i was worried about going into it which was we're gonna talk, we're gonna show you mandalorians we're gonna show you more about this culture that everybody's you know interested in and ooh palace intrigue and yet so i was worried at, like eh, do we need more of this am i really into it um but like when they were on screen people other than din i was you know just like on the edge of my seat i'm like whoa what's going on um and you know maybe some of it was pseudo intellectual um oh you know this is the way and everything you know mm-hmm. but um i don't know it, it it tapped into that it tapped into that 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 sense of wonder and uh and i love that and i wanted i'd love to see that here so just to kind of go back right quickly on regarding your fear regarding but two i think it's almost guaranteed that we'll see but two in some way shape or form in one of these upcoming shows maybe not book of boba fett but definitely one of them uh they're <laughs> disney is promoting uh, galaxy such like crazy uh we're gonna get uh aaron's favorite uh, star star wars prison coming soon they want so everybody to go to their they need park, to get yeah. right they want they want you to associate the park the parks that they've built with the star wars universe and the easiest way to do that is to put stuff like doc Ondar's stand of antiquities in the show to put a character who is Doc Ondar, you know, that that allows you to, you know, bridge the gap even further between the TV shows and the streaming shows and the parks and the events that you see that you can go partake live. Again, it's it's synergy that that is even more even more than Marvel there's attempt. So because um, Marvel's uh, never going to have a park that's like, yeah, we're in the Avengers uh, uh, Tower in New York City, and it's a giant tower in New York City, but you can build a fictional planet in uh, Disney World and Disneyland and have kids and parents come visit it and then go and here it is on the Mandalorian. So I think we're almost guaranteed to see it at some point. Uh, regarding uh, the second fear, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, to have an element of um, of uh, deafness. And and here's one thing, I mean, where Tamora Morrison does say He's relying on Dave Filoni a lot for how this fits and feels. You're right. It, it shouldn't just be checklist of, oh, this is how, you know, yes, we're more likely going to get the how did Boba Fett survive the star. Like that, that, that one has to be in there. But it doesn't have to be, yeah. uh, well, and this is where he first shot his jetpack rocket. And this is where he first got the firebrand, you know, or this is where he decided to rename it or whatever. You know, it doesn't need to be everything. But um and just because that that takes away some of the mystique you're right part of the element that's made the character great since the first moment anybody saw him is the air of mystery that he engenders and if that's taken away because you start giving everything but as dave said the smart thing that star wars does is it answers one question and gives you two so i'm, I'm trusting that they will get some of that this show so I'm going to leave the floor to you two. Any uh, closing uh, hopes or fears before we move on to holiday shopping goodies? I guess I'm worried about uh, the point of the story. Um, 
And I think like we've talked about that uh, we need the character development. We need to learn more about him. And uh, I guess some of this is going to be criminal underworld stuff. And we know that that's the backdrop. Uh, that's our setting. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to sort of learn what the point of the story ultimately is. Um, and uh, um, so that's my biggest fear about it. This is like, what if we get to the end of six episodes and we're like, well, why did I why did I watch it? Um, was I, was I entertained? Maybe. Um, but what, did it do anything that was, that, that was interesting to me? And, and so like, that's my biggest fear. It's like, but we, we maybe we're, we're, I think we're going to get some character development. I think we're going to get, um, a, a better understanding of the star Wars underworld. Um, but is that it? And I hope that's not just it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my, my my other big fear that we that I do have is that it doesn't become just the Mandalorian 2.5, and that is something that TV shows tend to, particularly when they share a universe, can be quite guilty of. They share a look, they share a feel because they're sharing similar sets and props and actors and writers and the whole nine so it can feel quite similar uh that's one of the if you know that's one of the drawbacks that i think hampers some of the marvel stuff is that it can have a less a sort of sameness from project to project if you're not careful and i don't necessarily want that to be the case with star wars like one of the beauty beautiful things that you know the product that the movies had is that they all for the most part, looked certainly way. That's why they rarely went back to the same planets. That's why they uh, had different stories. Even though you had the same characters, you changed their looks, you changed their demeanors, that kind of thing. I don't want this to just be, oh, well, you know, you get a Mandalorian season three next year, but this is the, the in-between. And even though you're not getting the Mandalorian, you're getting a Mandalorian, so this is the one you originally wanted, so here you go. Like, I actually want it to be something that's relevant to the character, relevant to the overall story that uh, Felonia and Fabro trying to tell the relevant overall to Star Wars. I don't want it to just be disposable where, you know, in two years' time, we're like, oh, yeah, remember Book of Buffett? Yeah, I remember that. I actually want it to mean something. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? We've, we've, been, it, we've been burned too many times, I think, because um, Dave Filoni and John Favreau have not let us down in two seasons of The Mandalorian. But here we all are still kind mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, clenching our sphincters, you know, waiting for, you know, bad things to happen. You know what I mean? Like fire spray. Uh, but, you know, it's fire spray. Is it fu- it's funny? We, it, we, we've obviously been burned in some way, shape or another that we still don't trust them. And they haven't let us down in those, in those two seasons so far. Um, so, um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, well, let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, Christmas gifts, holiday gifts. Um, and, um, you know, like I said, this is just kind of a, just a loose discussion about what, what kind of Star Wars gifts maybe we like to receive, what we like to give, what are some options, uh, for people if they're looking, what do they buy, you know, kids of all ages, including those of us who are in our forties and close to 50 and, um, and uh, I'm going to start off by just saying, I think one of the 
if you want uh, this, uh, this when we started this conversation in Twitter, um, this is where my brain first went. Is that I think if you want your if you want your kid to grow up to be a big Star Wars geek like the three of us and to know a lot about Star Wars, I think some of the best books that you can get them are the visual dictionaries. Yes, I think I think those books. Um, uh, obviously, I mean, they're obviously visual that's right there, you know, but there's so many like minute pieces of trivia of like, did you ever, I never knew that there was a, you know, a rocket on Boba Fett's knee, you know, but that's in, that's in a, you know, uh, one of the visual dictionaries. Um, and so they take the time, like Pablo Hidalgo and the story, they take the time to come up with the backstories of all these things. And so I think those would be a great Christmas gift for, like I said, you, especially if you got, um, you know, young kids who are digging Star Wars and you want them to know more. I don't know. Um, uh, cosine. Cosine. Nate, Nate's got one of those. Hell, I've and, got a couple uh, of them. I love them. Yeah. No, he loves his um it it's um it, it's not exclusive to star wars whatever your kid's into um there might be an encyclopedia out there that's that's similar uh i know they got them from marvel and dc and everything else um and they're just wonderful because you think about it from a perspective when we, when we were kids and you, like you get the encyclopedia britannica right and it was like the big thing and it's like oh, that seems a little like school to me right um but like this pop culture stuff is is a lot more fun for for kids. It's um it's more mythical and exciting and um, imagination sparking. So it's um don't be don't be scared off because you see the word encyclopedia or something. You know it's like no no or visual dictionary. It's like no the, they'll probably be into it. They'll probably really like it a lot. And you know and it doesn't break the bank either. No. So. Yeah, one of the one of the book uh, collections that I will ended up getting was the uh, vi the vehicle visual companion books, the, where they actually you know they're these big gateful books, you know, not big in terms of you know like volume, but they're bigger than your coffee table book. But you go open up inside and they break down like every ship and every vehicle, and it's just so pretty. And you just get to watch and take a look at all the engineering and you know for somebody who any any kid or any person has got you know mind you know gears and their mind turning and got to see how everything sort of works uh yeah it's uh it can be quite good yeah uh and yeah i would i'll co-sign any books i mean uh you can't see it right now but i showed you i sort of i got one of my brothers got me the art uh, of star wars which is the uh retelling of the original trilogy uh in homeric poem form which I'm looking forward to reading during the holidays. Uh, but yeah, and anything that sparks the imagination is always a good thing, whether it's a book, you know. And uh, I would as, also go, you know. As as a teacher, mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on that one because um, I I have uh, many of the um, retelling of the original trilogy books um, in that's in Shakespeare um, format. Um, I, I think I actually mm -hmm. just have the original trilogy, but anyway, they, they tell it in the style of Shakespeare. And so now imagine right. if you've got a kid who maybe is going school sucks and this is stupid. I don't want to read Shakespeare, blah, 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 blah. but if you get him Shakespeare 
Star Wars, then mm-hmm. it you're you're kind of sucking them in a little bit, you know. Um, you know the Star Wars Homer, um, you know that might be obviously for um, uh, maybe maybe not for your average ten year old, but you know it's just, but I mean it's a it's a way to you know get them to, to sneak up on them, I suppose, a little bit, you know, um, to to appreciate some of these other styles that they think is stupid because it's, you know, from school. So we've been, mm-hmm. and we've been talking here about books that are, that are a little more visual in nature um, because like the Fredo showed us like this book, the Homer book with, you know, it's gorgeous and illustrations and things. And it's just like, Oh wow, that's cool. Um, there are a lot of novels or star Wars where it's just, um, you know, it's a dust jacket and it's just words. Um, and like a lot of those you can get on Kindle and a lot of them you can get for very, very inexpensively. Um, so if you're on a budget and you got somebody um, in your life who's like into Star Wars, um, there are a lot of really good uh, books that you can get digitally. Um, and like if you're looking for specific suggestions, we did a podcast episode like a year ago where we um, named our favorite Star Wars books. Um, you can go check that out. I can link that in this episode. Um, there is a lot out there. I mean, a lot out there, legends and current. Um, so like there's a story pretty much for everybody. Yeah, and no, absolutely. And actually I was going to laugh because when I was, I did stop by a bookstore this week and I saw one of those big, the virtual, the visual dictionary, the big ones that actually the author worked with George Lucas. That's like two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars, and they were on the on there, and you can try to pick it up, but it's massive. So, be careful if you try I mean, to buy that one. If you got, if money's no object, you can go. You know, you can go crazy. Yeah, there are there are some collections. Um, I, one of the things I saw last year, I think, was the um, it was a whole LP set um, for the mm-hmm. I think the original trilogy that looked really cool. Um, one of the things I was going to say, it's kind of a neat gift. Um, I've gotten into more. I, I first of all, I love my Star Wars mashup T-shirts. So like T Public, mm-hmm. um, T Fury, things like that. You can find like, you know, really pretty cool. Like one of my favorite shirts ever is my Spy versus Spy with lightsabers. You know, so um, you know, like I said, you can get these Star Wars mashups. But so I like I I dig those um, again very very inexpensive great t-shirts so you might find if you've got you know a, a loved one who likes two opposing Star Wars and something else you probably will find a shirt that will mash those two together. But another thing was um, there's a a website Thirteenth Floor, and this is where mm-hmm. um, my brother-in-law got me a couple of these last year, and they they've made these uh world war they've taken world war ii photographs and put like mm-hmm. tie fighters and x-wings and adats in them hmm. and it's so it and it's looks it it i mean it's a photograph you know but it, it you know so i've got them framed and on my back porch and stuff like that it's just those type of things are kind of neat those are like i said neat collectibles to have um that isn't necessarily mm-hmm. a toy something that acts you know a decoration for the house whatnot um so yeah check out the 13th floor that's pretty there's some pretty cool stuff in there um yeah speaking of clothing i'll you know would be remiss and not shout out her universe which is 
Ashley Eckstein's line mm -hmm. uh, website where she they design clothing for uh, all genders, all body types, you know, trying to spread the love to of Star Wars and geek culture to everybody. So, you know, if you find that, you know, some stores are not necessarily um, going, you know, providing you with uh, the fit that you need, I think she does a good job of managing uh, that. I was also going to say, in regarding reading, if for some reason you have a young person who maybe they're not quite ready for nothing, you know, my primarily words, or you're somebody who loves comic books, uh, Marvel Universe, their app, right now they're doing a sale where you can get like a year subscription for, I believe it's $60. So if you're somebody like you can read not just all the Star Wars comic books right now, whether it's uh, Darth, Darth Vader or Captain Aftra, but you can also read all the Marvel comic books, which, hey, you want to, you know, you want to extend your homework reading to include everything that's influenced the next phase of Marvel. You can get all that. And um, to go back to your T-shirt point, I'd say that um, there's so many makers of material mm -hmm. that that yeah. people can find. I and I, it can be as simple as you just like wandering through Etsy for a while. Um, but there's just that's so many cre there's so many creative people out there that are doing really fun stuff. Um, and I think like one of the things that I've become a lot more conscious of uh, during the pandemic is because it's 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 had a, a major impact, uh, a more of an impact on the little guy rather than the big guy, typically. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, do I want all of my money to go to Disney? Not necessarily. Um, is there somebody, you know, down the street from me that is an artist that I could help support? Um those are the kinds of things that I like doing too. Well, yeah. And to that point here in town, I mean, if flirty girl has some, maybe a couple star Wars influence, new Orleans shirts, as does, I think dirty coast maybe. Um, so mm -hmm. you can check some of our local, you know, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the bourbon street or, you know, the French quarter, you know, shops you know i got they're making a, they got to make a living too though too I got you know urban faced on that street you know whatever sorry you're gonna have to look, look at that one out um but you know there's some so yeah there's some local places here as well um i do want to say because i'm a big star wars toy collector obviously um if you go to like target or walmart or something you ain't gonna find you ain't gonna it's gonna be the space balls thing we ain't found yeah um Mm -hmm. because the the toy aisles are just tough but if you go to like hasbro pulse um you can uh find a lot of cool stuff if you also go i one of my favorite places used to be thinkgeek.com but gamestop mm -hmm. actually took that over and they have an extensive amount of star wars stuff not just toys but um like some home items and games and um like Funko Pops and I'm seeing sweatshirts. And so there's, there's all sorts of, of things. Like I said, on there's the Tauntaun sleeping bag that my brother got me one year. Um, uh, but yeah, so you can, there's all sorts of things, uh, like I said, on the GameStop uh, website as well. Um, so that would be. No, I will say that speaking of Target, if you do go to Target, you probably can find a few of the Star Wars Legos mm -hmm. uh, sets. And those are fun if you're looking for something to do with a family, young family member that's not just, you know, you know, veg on front of the TV. 
that could be a fun activity. I mean, of course, it, they could be as big or as small as your and your amount of time that you want to devote to it can be. But they have some, you know, you can find pretty good n number of sets. I want to say, uh, I mean, like right now, last week, I had mailed my nephew the, Mand the Lego Mandalorian calendar. So he's been building every piece uh, every day. You know, but you can get some of the nicer, bigger sets if you want to. And I know we did a show on that, didn't we, Dave? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did, in fact. Um, you can circle back if you get if you want to find it with our Lego episode. Where we talked about collecting Legos and how much of it there is. Um, don't get overwhelmed by that. If you're just dipping your toe in mm -hmm. for the first time, like you said, you can go to someplace like Target and probably get a good sense of of some of the thing the more recent pieces that are out there um and you don't even have to get into lego because we know lego is expensive typically so it's like mm -hmm. you, maybe you can find a sale on lego but even if you can't um there are puzzles or models there are other activities that you can engage in um that you know again like you said are more active um so you're not just vegging out it's like well i want to do something with my kid or with my nephew or whom or my niece or whomever um and it's like okay well this, the, there are options by the way uh looking at lego's website i did find they have quote-unquote boba fett starship that's the name of the set that's got both boba and din Djarin. they don't call it the old name and they're not quite ready for the new name yet i don't think anybody's ready for the new name yet <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's coming. That's coming after the show. But no, uh, one of the sets I actually do like that Lego makes rather well. Sold the helmets. Oh yeah, I know. I know you've seen those. Uh, yeah, where you got like the, now they have the Darth Vader helmet, the Stormtrooper, the Tie Pilot, uh, both the Boba Fett one, which uh, they could be quite fun, fun to put together, and then hey, yeah, just put on display because they're that. That's what they're there for. I'm going to, however, I'm going to step in and say mm -hmm. if you do have if you are thinking about um, now if you're thinking about getting a star wars gift for your favorite star wars fan um kind of try to figure out what types of things they're interested in what the, because mm -hmm. uh i'm speaking mm -hmm. i maybe said it before and I, i'm so appreciative that my students you know they would get me about anything so if they found something star wars it'd be like oh mr swoboda would love this because of star wars and then i ended up with a whole crud ton of like you know burger king star wars toys you know type of thing um some of us get kind of particular about what we want to collect and so um suggest so you to, just kind of figure out you know it's you know what they're kind of into um because they may not want the visual dictionary or they may not want the coffee mug because they don't drink coffee. You know, that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to say. That not all things Star Wars is awesome. So, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, no, as you say, you have to be cognizant of what the person likes. One of the advantages of Star Wars is they make just about everything that you could possibly think of with Star Wars, a Star Wars logo on it. So, if they're not necessarily somebody who's into toys well there's other things you can get if they're not necessarily somebody who likes to wear the t-shirt again there's other things you can get uh you know just be cognizant of what it is that you're that your loved one or person of interest that you're trying to purchase this for is into and then kind of go from there so some people would appreciate uh 
a Lego set, some people would rather you give them a lightsaber. I was just going to say that's a that. whole other topic. Well, yeah, I was going to get touch on that briefly because I, one of the things Aaron asked me up front was just like, well, what's popular with your kids? Um, so like, think about that. And um, lightsabers, like big time. And I'm not mm. talking about the expensive ones that you get and you put in the wall and you have a, you know, in a glass case and everything. I'm talking about the ch- cheap rinky dink ones. Um, they're all over the place um they're on amazon and walmart and target and all your major outlets and they're all um they're diverse now i'd say Mm -hmm. five to ten years ago it was kind of tricky to find a lightsaber for your kid that met the kid's requirements i want one that'll light up okay i want one that's blue okay um, I want one that all makes sounds. Okay. And then you go looking and you can't necessarily find all of that. Um, it's a lot easier now. I think Disney is pushing out a lot of those kinds of products um, with kids in mind. And um, at least as of a year ago, um, this stuff was all over the place. Um, I think um, one of our kids got a purple lightsaber. Another kid got a, a red one. Um and again, they make all the sounds and they beat, they, you know, they swing them at each other and break furniture and everything else. It's wonderful. Um, they're overjoyed with stuff like that. Um, the parents less so, but well, it's not always about the parents, is it? Um, so that's a big one. And then I would say to uh, Baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever you want to call him, still really popular. I mean, really, really popular with the younger crowd. Um, you know, you find something with his face plastered on it, and you're, you're probably doing really, really well. Um, so, because Dave's alarm went off a little bit ago, um, maybe put a bow on this uh, present talking here. <laughs> if you need any help, if you're looking for a certain type of gift for your loved one, um, give us a shout on Twitter hit us up we'll we'll try to find some resources for you give you some ideas um so um like i said i i guess maybe i'm speaking for all three of us but too bad yeah but yeah um but yeah no i uh it's it's always a good christmas always has star wars in it um so um however i'm I'm still trying to get myself to buy an ugly star wars christmas sweater i may have to do that Target had one, but I'd only wear it like once. I need one for a party, so yes. <laughs> I wear it in Nebraska when I'm there, but not not here. So anyway, um, so with I guess we'll maybe like I said put a put a bow on this. Um, check us out, like I said on Twitter. Hit us up about anything you like about Star Wars. Um, we'd love to talk to you, um, and tell your friends about this podcast if you're digging it. Um, and you know, do all the liking and subscribing and leaving good comments and stuff like that. Um, maybe, uh, maybe a, uh, new year's resolution for this podcast is to figure out a way to become more interactive with y'all find some, uh, ways to, to get you involved in and, uh, get to know you a little bit better. So, um, so I guess you have that to look forward to, but I guess until then, notice we didn't talk anything about saints because I think the more we talk about saints, the more they lose. So we're just going to say, we will say who dat. Who dat? Who dat? And uh, you guys all have a great week. <laughs>
Macanque.